I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Hello, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, college football fans, indeed college sports fans across the nation and around the world. This is Tim May with the Tim May Podcast. I'd call it a, a bonus Tim May podcast. I already had one this week talking about the name, image, and likeness uh, legislation that's about to impact uh, major college sports, not the least of which will be major college football, Ohio State football, definitely in that ilk. Uh, I followed up and decided to follow up with a conversation uh, with Gene Smith, the athletic director of Ohio State, in his 16th year, uh, as you well know, has uh, agreed to a four-year contract extension. Uh, he and I are about the same age. Good luck on that four-year contract extension, Gene Smith. Uh, I'm really happy in my semi-retirement uh, repose here. Uh, but the bottom line is he's still working hard. And the reason the reason I wanted to talk to Gene Smith is we're, we're about a year out from when uh, basically the college sports world almost imploded uh, with COVID, with the rapid spread of COVID-19, the pandemic. And I wanted to speak with him about the way uh, he and his department, especially, and Ohio State in general, handled the situation. As you know, almost every sports team, I think every sports team, ended up having a season of some sort. And uh, no sports at Ohio State were were cut, dropped, chopped, whatever word you want to use there. There were some cuts, uh, personnel-wise, uh, some salary cuts uh, to get through the, the, the challenge. But the bottom line was Ohio State did weather the storm. As Urban Meyer said you know, way back a year ago, you know, the pandemic was going to judge, um, uh, was, going to, was going to suit and going to judge who were the fittest athletic departments in the nation. And you can see the ones that came through it and got through it and survived uh, from the standpoint almost still standing on almost all their legs and some who did not. And that's just the way it is uh, uh, in sports, just as in life. But the bottom line is I want to talk with him about that. Also, uh, before we got into that, I wanted to have a conversation with him a little bit about the name, image, and likeness impact, as we've talked about, what it's going to mean uh, to Ohio State athletes, how they're, how the athletic administration is going to deal with uh, the name, image, and likeness challenge that now uh, athletes, uh, if in fact the legislation passes and is enacted by July 1 uh, that the athletes, student athletes will benefit from. And then, you know, as you all know, I mean, uh, you know, he was a, at least a mentioned candidate for the PAC 12 commissioner job. I'm talking about Gene Smith was, he talks about that and why in essence, he uh, formed another term, uh, took his name out of the hat and stuff and wanted to stay at Ohio state. Uh, it's a really interesting <laughs> answer. Uh, but without further ado, I'll just I'll let his words uh, speak for themselves. Here's my conversation with Gene Smith. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. 
And that is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and, not uh, as simple you know, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Like as promised, ladies and gentlemen, here's Gene Smith making an encore performance uh, on the Tim May podcast. And Gene, uh, I'll just get right into it, man. After the year we've all gone through, you know, with the COVID-19 and and the uh, the situations that happened uh, uh, across the country. Other than that, I mean, why would you sign up for four more years to be the Ohio State Athletic Director? Because uh, my wife wanted me to. But no. <laughs> oh, yeah. Been there. <laughs> but no, you know, reality is, Tim, uh, you know, I did consider and look at the Pac-12 commissioner position. It never really got serious. Um, I wanted to evaluate uh, professionally what was the best seat for me to be in in order to continue to influence uh, intercollegiate athletics and this environment that our student athletes operate in. And, you know, I I looked at the Pac-12 position from that position, uh, but then I really considered the fact that Ohio State probably is the best seat because I'm close to the coaches I'm close to the student athletes and student athlete feedback is important to me. And so as I deal with issues nationally, uh, I can always uh, have their input uh, or at least represent their viewpoints uh, on whatever committee or whatever issue we're dealing with. So I looked at it briefly, not very long. I have some great colleagues in that league and, you know, Pat Chung at Washington State, Martin at UCLA. And people don't know that Scott Barnes, the athletic director from uh, at Oregon State, worked for me at Iowa State. He was my chief fundraiser. And, wow. you know, then Jen Cohen and I are at uh, Washington are been best friends for forever. And then, of course, Mike Bone at USC, uh, Ray Anderson at uh, ASU. We're all, I, I have so many close friends out there, colleagues. And, and so that also uh, made it intriguing. Uh, but at the end of the day, uh, this is the best place. And I have a vision I want to keep working for. Yeah, Gene. Uh... Before we get into it, I wanted to talk to you especially about the challenges you guys, you basically led the athletic department through, and I know you had input and, and help from others, but uh, before we get into that, the name, image, and likeness thing that you have, you know, let's face it, the NCAA has not passed legislation yet to okay this. You know, you stepped up with uh, Senator Naraj Antani uh, uh, earlier this week to basically back the bill that he is, has, has introduced the emergency bill that could give Ohio State and other uh, athletes around the uh, state the right to take advantage of their name, image, and likeness to cash in on it for one of another term. I think that is a correct term. Right. Uh, but you're, you're, in other words, you know, you you stepped out there and saying, that, you know, Ohio State and Ohio is going to do this if you follow my drift. Was that was that as much to make a statement towards your colleagues around the country, or was it just? Like you said, it's also the right thing to do at this point. Yeah, it's the right thing to do at this point. And we need – I really want to appreciate Senator, Senator Atani's uh, leadership in this space to try and have state legislation. I was hopeful uh, that we'd already have NCAA legislation that would bring some consistency across this country. And I'm probably, I don't know, 60 to 5 to 70% confident that it might pass on June, June 22nd. Um, but it might not. Um, we do need federal legislation to bring consistency across this country. But for student athletes in Ohio, not just here at the Ohio State University, but all of the universities we serve, those student athletes deserve that opportunity to monetize their name, image, and likeness. You know, I've, I, in 2001, we had a conversation about NIL. 
And I wish as administrators, we embraced it and took it on and it'd be in place by now. And we would have gone through some lessons learned and modified legislation to deal with the new ecosystem. But now we're just starting and however this ends up, there will be at some point, um, it'll be chaos until we get to that point. So there's consistency across the country. And then we just got to monitor it over the years. It's just like everything else we do. The ecosystem will define itself. We'll have to adjust, be patient, learn what we learn, and and make sure our student-athletes benefit from this opportunity. Dude, how much would you have made? uh, I just called you dude, sorry. My man, how much would you have made uh, name, image, and likeness during your storied career at at Notre Dame as a football player? (laughs) Probably probably would have made a a nominal fee because I probably would have been the the puppet master behind all the great players. You know, I was that guy. I was a locker room guy, Tim. I was never a starter, but I was, you know, my roommate was Ross Browner, uh, who was, you know, third, he was a third in the Heisman Trophy. Uh, deal and then he played for the Bengals for a long time so yeah probably would have created a business plan for him and you know all the other uh, players that that I was close to uh, Luther Bradley and all the others I would have I've been that puppet master saying okay I need two percent from you I need three percent from you <laughs> I would have been that deal breaker that deal maker <laughs> look how much you would have made off Rudy no, I'm just messing. That's true. That's true. That's true. <laughs> I'll probably still be making something off of Rudy. <laughs> By the way, Ross Browner, I got to cover him uh, when I was covering the Bengals way back then, man. And he was one of my – I mean, he is one. He is a very under – under I don't know, appreciated football player in the history of the yeah. NFL, in my opinion. That guy was tough. But but you're oh, right. I mean, yeah. Well, uh, but, but then let's just jump into it, though, I mean, before we move on. Uh, uh, you do expect a little bit of chaos from this. I mean, because oh. – there has to be. This is something brand new. Uh, there are going to be people jumping right out of the chute and stuff. And, you know, is and I know you've talked to Ohio State uh, athletes about this, including the football team, but what is your major caution to them moving into this? So, like, I had Luke Fedlam on my podcast earlier this week, and, you know, attorney, you know real well and stuff. And, exactly. you know, well, he's really, he's really uh, deep into this thing. He has been for a while, but, uh, you know, it's, it's, why, it's pretty much watch who you associate with, right, as much as anything else. I said, it's everything we've tried to teach them uh, otherwise. Yeah. Yeah. You know, there's unscrupulous characters out there in our society who will try and take advantage of them in this space, and they have to be more diligent. And the reality is um, they need to educate themselves uh, and seek advice from people who they trust and know. Uh, and who, who are interested in their betterment and not interested in being a part of the deal. And so we're going to do our best to educate them in, in that way and, and try and encourage them to do it the right way um, and not so they don't get taken advantage of. And the other piece is uh, make sure they don't overextend themselves. Yeah. And, you know, don't say to a company, you know, I can be at your site 20 times when that's not realistic. And, and then also to help them understand you know, I met with one of our teams and, and I asked how many of them uh, pay their taxes. You yeah. know, none, of them, none of them raise their hands because none of them do their taxes. And so yeah. at the end of the day, now you have a different deal with your taxes. You have income. Uh, then we had last, this past year, we had 162 student athletes who were pay eligible. So they need to be careful uh, that their earnings don't trigger um, a different status for them relative to their pay eligibility. So there's so many things we just have to teach them. And, and that's why I embrace this as an educational opportunity. Everybody's looking at the money. I get it. 
But I, I really think that this will help us uh, have the attention of our student athletes because they're going to want to learn. Yeah. They're going to want to do it the right way and they're going to learn. So, and also, frankly, I think it's going to help us in the social media place space because they're some of their, some of them were biggest opportunities will be in the, in the social media platform. So getting them to make sure they clean up their sites and, and set their privacy settings the right way and say the right things out on those social media platforms is their brand. It's a part of their brand. So yeah. I, I see a lot of education opportunities. Yeah. That's what Luke Fedlin pointed out too. You know, yeah, yeah. Everybody keeps thinking about, well, you get an endorsement deal with a car dealer or, a, or, a, 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 you know, a soft drink company or something. But also the other thing is, like not just football players, but uh, athletes from other sports. Some of these are pretty good uh, entertainers, singers, you know, whatever. I mean, they there's all kinds of ways they can exploit this situation if they do it correctly. And uh, hey, real quick, is this going to mean hiring more people in the compliance department? Is it going to be hiring fewer people? I mean, how is it going to impact just the workload administratively for the athletic department? No, we, we have a, a team in place of uh, existing uh, staff members uh, led by Carrie Hoyt, uh, mm-hmm. our senior associate athletic director, and she's leading our NIL initiative uh, called the Platform, and and uh, so she's doing a great job, and and uh, we are uh, entered into a third party arrangement with uh, another company, and uh, they're going to help us, and so uh, we're not uh, adding staff. Uh, we're, fortunately, we have people who picked up the charge on this, and. You know, the reality is we're in, a, in Central Ohio. We're in an unbelievable environment uh, with businesses and economic growth. And our student athletes, if they are, if they embrace what we teach them, they're in a marketplace where they'll be able to take advantage of it. And that includes our Olympic sports student athletes. Many of them are partial scholarships who are actually leave in debt, so their motivation will be different uh, uh, than, say, a full ride football player. So I'm really excited about the fact that we got people in the department who are picking it up. And our compliance team is a part of that team. Yeah. And, you know, you talked a while ago about the uh, Pac-12 situation that you at least uh, considered uh, before stepping back. But, Gene, there is no major college, elite major college in a location like Ohio State in the country. It is a unique situation. Yeah, you've got the NHL Blue Jackets. You've got the uh, Columbus Crew. Uh, now that they've gone back to their original name, <laughs> they, they flew that trial balloon and it fell wow. like the Hindenburg, didn't it? But, uh, but, uh, but I mean, this is a unique uh, setting for, for student athletes in, in that regard, right? Yeah, no question about it. I mean, if you're uh, interested in, in being in a, a marketplace that is so diverse like we have, uh, this is the place. I mean, it's, you can find any type of industry that you're interested in, be it uh, artificial intelligence, yeah. uh, you know, whatever, whatever you're interested in, you can find it here. And it's growing. Um, you know, the, the, we have the city itself, but you also have all the suburbs. I mean, there's just so much here. And so I'm excited about it. Um, it's a great place to be. And, and so I, I, I hope our student athletes understand that. All right. Uh, real quick. This is what I want to talk to you about. Uh, this time a year ago, you guys, I think you were already working out of your home or, or your your home, correct? Right. Uh, yeah. uh, the world didn't implode in early March, but it probably felt like it a little bit, didn't it? Uh, and uh, just w- what was your first, when it was obvious to you, the Big Ten, the Big Ten uh, basketball tournament was canceled. Kevin Warren, you know, I think Ohio State was already over there getting ready to play. But 
when did it become obvious to you that this boy, this, this is big time real. Like you talked about even last year, you were following this well before it, <laughs> well before it became apparent to everybody else that this could be a major situation. But what was sort of the, as you look back on it, the first thing where you gathered your troops, so to speak, and said, we've got to come together on this. We've got to have a plan, uh, et cetera. Get, put people behind the scenes in a nutshell there. Yeah, it was a it was it was a level of chaos at that point in time, uh, Tim. Because you're right, we're in Indianapolis. It's March, and and actually, we had just the night before, I think, or the day morning, I watched Fred Hoiberg, uh, the basketball coach at Nebraska, collapse on the bench. Yeah, and, and it wasn't COVID, but your immediate thought, yeah, was COVID, right? So it yeah. makes it real. Uh, so anyway, uh, I was in a room with uh, my colleagues and. In, in a hotel and we all made the decision to cancel the tournament. And at the same time, uh, those of us who were engaged with the basketball committee and, and uh, the NCAA were having conversations along the line of uh, the NCAA tournament. So we knew that that decision was getting ready to cascade. Uh, we had our track team uh, that was competing. I believe it was uh, New Mexico, Oklahoma, I forgot. <clears throat> we had to get them home. Our women's ice hockey team, we had to get home. So there was a moment of chaos uh, for a number of days before we could actually pull our team together and start start talking about a comprehensive plan to move forward. Um, I drove home from Indianapolis, and I think that Saturday or Sunday, I can't remember when it was, it's the first time I pulled uh, my executive team together and said, okay, we got to talk about moving forward and what's our communication plan and, and how do we do things. And we still didn't know. All I knew was uh, we need to come together we need to start taking care of our athletes. We had international athletes. Uh, schools get shutting down, and you know where are they going to go? I mean, there were so many different things that we had to go through, and uh, so we just started uh, almost every day. We we were having new Zoom calls. Uh, we actually at that time we didn't have Zoom. Uh, we we're, we're doing we we're doing conference calls, and yeah. then we moved into the technology part, and so it was it was it was really challenging. Actually, we were having some in-person meetings at that time too, because we didn't know. Did you, did you sleep much then? I mean, I would think you woke up every day. There was a new challenge, uh, you know, and people can think, well, it's real easy. You just go A, B, C, and D. No, there was no A, B, C, and D. If you remember correctly, I told you early in that you need to be keeping notes for a book or something, because this will be a textbook on how to handle things. I mean, you know, everybody should study it. Uh, but was every... Literally every day, a new surprise. That's right. No, that's so true. I mean, it was so true. We didn't know. We were leaning on experts. We were listening to the news. We were talking to our medical people. Our trainers was getting, were getting information. And so we didn't know. We had to follow the lead of the university. And fortunately, uh, you know, I'm on the president's cabinet, so I had an opportunity to learn a lot fast yeah. uh, around the institutional decisions so I could cascade that back into our environment. So I was, I was really a sponge because uh, we didn't understand. And so once we had some understanding, we could start to, to put some things together. But um, the most important thing was taking care of our student athletes and, and then our staff and yeah. making sure everybody was taken care of. And, and so that's really what we talked about the most and, and was making sure everybody began to put themselves in a bubble. Um, our IT people and video people were starting to come up with all the tools that ultimately we all used. And so all this was happening at the same time. You know, how are we going to, for me, one of the most important things is communication, is communication. Yeah. And our 
my staff will tell you I probably over communicate. And, and so to me, I was really driving. How do we make sure we get messages out? How do we learn from each other? How do we make sure morale is good? Um, it was, there were so many things at the beginning, Tim, that yes, I did keep notes, but at the end of the day, it was so much. And then, you know, we're having conference calls with, uh, with the uh, Big Ten and, and some NCA groups, but mostly Big Ten because, you know, everybody was still trying to figure out what we're going to do competitively, which was nothing. Yeah. Uh, so how does that going to work? And so there's just so many different things, so many moving parts. Hey, we'll get into the minutiae because we covered that, you know, ad nauseum pretty much because we didn't have anything else to do, you know, during <laughs> during August, you know. But what, what? Give me, give me that one moment that was the most depressing from a new standpoint. Was it when the Big Ten came out with its, you know, we're not going to play till the spring, possibly, uh, or what? What was that one moment where you know you guys are fighting a good fight? Dr. Jim Borchers is on, you know the kind of leading the way, I think, among the his Big Ten brethren, you know, your training staff guys are too and stuff. But what was that one moment where you thought, man, we're, we're really going to be defeated by this? I mean, what, what, what was there? You know, Tim, I I, uh, I really – so I, uh, I I had a Zoom call with our coaches, and, and I literally almost broke down. I had to walk away uh, from the video um, because I thought um, I had lost. Yeah. Um, you know, this was about counting votes. So, you know, literally for, for a number of days, all I'm doing is talking to my colleagues, I'm counting votes, trying to move. This was after the announcement was made that we weren't going to play. It was just trying to move it back yeah. to the playing. And um, I'd, got, I'd gotten to a point where um, you know, I hadn't been there in years uh, where I thought I, I had to give up. I thought I had lost. And um, I had the coaches on the call and I could, I, I choked up. I almost couldn't tell them. And, and, um, and, but then, you know, I'm blessed to have an unbelievable wife who's un, unreal from a competitive point of view. I mean, most people know she was an Olympic athlete, so yeah, competitive as hell. Um, and she kind of pumped me up along with some of the coaches who called me after that and, and inspired me to keep going. Ryan Day was one of them. And, uh, and, and so, um, you know, I got the fight back in me, and then you know, President Johnson came aboard, and and we had we had a a leader who could really, you know, fight, and and she fought, and so yeah. that might, so that was there was a moment in time where, you know, I thought it was lost, and and but we we fought back and, and got it done. Yeah, when you when you're present, those steps up like she did, and you guys were uh, y'all were y'all were a power like you should be in the Big Ten. Uh, at that moment, I know you don't want, you know, you don't want to take a lot of credit and stuff. Y'all don't, but, uh, but the elite program in the country in in the, in the, in the conference sometimes has to lead. Right. I mean, I, yeah, you uh, know, I think my colleagues, you know, they, they, the athletic directors were united and, and, and at a point we got there. Uh, there was, there were some who were apprehensive and weren't sure themselves because of the environment they were in. We got to keep in mind, everybody's environment was different. And, and so, yes. um, you know, I had to help bring some of my colleagues along. And I, I think one of the things that helped galvanize all of them was uh, I made a speech and part of the comment was, you know, it's hard to put a team together that like this one, that truly had an opportunity to trace the dream. And, and I think they all resonated with that because they, they all uh, know how hard it is. Uh, to possibly, you know, to put together a team that has a chance. Yeah. 
Yeah. And whether we played, you know, nine or seven or 11 or 12 games, this team uh, was uniquely uh, qualified to have a chance to chase the dream. And, and, and so I had a lot of other things I said around that. And I really think that may, that, that, that may have helped galvanize us as ADs. And then it was a matter of, you know, dealing with the, the data so that the, the presidents could feel comfortable. Uh, yeah. And we got, we ultimately got there, but um, yeah, that was, that was a tough time. Uh, real quick. Uh, no, we don't have much time. Uh, is, is your, as you look back on it, is the crowning achievement that was that y'all persevered? Y'all, I don't, I don't believe you've cut a sport yet, right? Am I wrong about that? Right. No, uh, that's it. You know, others immediately went. Others immediately went to chopping sports. I mean, I'm like you said. You know, explain to me why that was so important to you to cling to that one way or the other. Yeah, well, we we looked at it. Uh, we talked about it. Sure. And, uh, we, you know, I met with President Johnson, and she didn't want to go that route, and I agreed with her. And you know, we there's there were so many other things that we ultimately did end up cutting and reducing uh, in, in around our cost containment measures without touching and student athlete experience. Yeah. Well, every student athlete gets that quality experience just like a football player. I don't care what sport it is. So the the teamwork, working from people for working with people from all walks of life, learning resiliency like we did during this pandemic. There's so many things they learned. So uh, we didn't want to eliminate those opportunities. Uh, so we we uh, financially uh, came up with a different plan, and it's worked. And so uh, uh, we we really stayed true to that. But I would say that probably the one thing uh, to your earlier part of your question is resiliency. Yeah. Um, our staff, our coaches, our our student athletes, that's the mantra. We, we were patient, but we had resiliency. We never, ever, ever quit. And, and I'm really proud of them. Yeah, and several sports stepped up, I mean, you know, and, and asserted themselves, not the least of whom was the football team, but others, uh, won championships, et cetera. Right. As you look back, it was worth it, right? I mean. <laughs> no, no question about it. I will tell you, this is unbelievable metrics. We had 799 student athletes who were scholar athletes, meaning they came out with a 3.0 kill. Crazy. We had all 36 teams were over a 3.0. And, and uh, our APR was the highest. Single and multi-year APR was the highest it's ever been. So wow. our metrics um, were off the chain. And, you know, our women's uh, swim team had the – and men's swim team had the highest in national ranking they ever had. Yeah. Um, I could just keep going. So there were things that were accomplished – um, that were just phenomenal accomplishments. And so really proud, really proud. And, you know, last couple of things. Financially, will, will that hole always be there? I mean, you know, there, is there any way, like in college athletics, you can't just go out and, you know, well, you could start a pop stand somewhere, you know. Yeah. Maybe the Gene Smith name, image, and likeness thing, a bobblehead or something. Uh, <laughs> a little lemonade on stand. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But, I mean, that you're working with – you're looking back. I mean, I know you're, you're a press-forward kind of fellow, but you're never going to really f fill in that crater, are you? I mean, from a financial yeah. standpoint? Yeah, I think so. We're going we're gonna to cover it. I mean, I, you know, it's, it's the, the year end is not here yet, uh, but we think we're going to be in that – as opposed to 107 million, we think we're going to be in that 50 million or okay. off of that uh, by year end. And then uh, we've worked with our, our university CFO for a deficit recovery plan, and and we have a plan. Uh, we're, we're going to recover. Cool. I, want, 
I want to wipe that deficit out before my tenure is expired. And it's a long-term deficit recovery plan. So we're not going to try and do it in one year by, you know, selling popsicles. Yeah. You know, we're going to do it the right way. And, and uh, so uh, I feel good about it. And, and uh, we'll just work our plan. Full Ohio Stadium this year. What do you think? I mean, I think it's happened. Yeah. I think it's going to happen. What's your What's your thought on that? Yeah, that's part of that's part of the, the deficit recovery plan. Of the, but <laughs> it is uh, no question. You know, I I'm of the opinion that we need to do that. I need I think we have to be a part of trying to encourage people to get vaccinated. Uh, but then there's an assumption of risk that every individual has to take. Yeah, we cannot hold back those people in our society who have embraced what they feel they need to do in order to be safe. We, we, we can't uh, penalize them by not providing them the opportunity to enjoy the things that we asked them uh, to get vaccinated for. And yeah. that is to go to concerts, that's to go to games, that's to, to congregate. And so um, I think, I think it would be disingenuous for us uh, to not focus on having a full stadium and, and having full arena, arenas. I mean, that's, that's why we ask people to get vaccinated. That's why the governor is doing a million dollar uh, raffle deal for vaccinations. Yeah. I mean, why are we going to do all those things if we're not going to allow those people to enjoy the freedoms that we that they aspire to enjoy when they've embraced what we've asked them to do? And so I I'm I'm passionate about that. And, and uh, I that's my position on it. Gene, you know, I've told you this last time you were on here. There, there are two people who are guaranteed to be booed when they're introduced commissioners of leagues and athletic directors for some reason. You know, I mean, because. You're not, you're not, you're never making everybody happy, et cetera. But I wanted to ask you this before you go. Uh, you know, there, there are a couple of types of country club members, you know. There's one that, like, wants to get rid of that tree on the 16th hole, you know, that's blocking all the shots. And then <laughs> – but then there's the other guys, and I put you in this category. You're, you're – you like to be part of the club to work from within if you can until measures say chop down the tree. But trim right. the tree is pretty much the first idea – why, why is it important? Uh, why has it always been important for you for for you to be a I'll call it a member in good standing, someone who will give their input. But, you know, uh, you are in the final analysis. You can't just play inter squad games. You know, <laughs> you got to play somebody. You got to be a member of the Big Ten. You got to be a member of the NCAA to play for a viable championship, a real thing. Why is that important to you as a person? Yeah, I mean, I think uh, first and foremost, Tim, is respect for people, respect for others. And, you know, my uh, I, I'm a background kind of guy. I really prefer the background. Let my coaches be the leaders, let, let our student athletes be out front. Um, but I believe that, um, you know, there's such diversity of thought and, and opinions and, and ideas and and we need to embrace that. And uh, but then I, you know, I'm just, a, you know, I'm an old school blue collar guy. You know, I, I grew up in Cleveland. My dad was an electrician. My mom was a nurse, and we just worked. They worked long hours. And I just, I just believe you got to work through things. Um, but, uh, but the other, the other part of it is, you know, when you, when you have an opportunity to help people, to help people be the best that they can be, um, you, you just need to do that as opposed to taking the shortcuts. And, and I'm not a shortcut guy. I just, just never have been. Um, you know, maybe that's sometimes that gets in my way. Um, but I, I, I'm just not a shortcut guy. I just believe we gotta, we gotta work through things. And if you use the collective intellectual knowledge and experiences of others, you're probably going to come up with a plan to do that. 
But when you think that you have all the answers, 99% of the time you're going to make a mistake. And so I, I don't know, that's, that's who I am. It's just what I'm all about. And as you told us on a Zoom call a few few weeks ago, you've also got street cred. You know? <laughs> oh, you know, I, you know, I, there's times I, you know, I, I revert back to my east side of Cleveland days, you know, and, and uh, you know, running from dogs in the neighborhood or, mm-hmm. or avoiding a particular neighborhood because I didn't want to get jumped. But yeah. at the end of the day, you know, you know, it, you don't lose those things. That's you don't lose your roots. And, and uh, I think it's important to hold on to those. And so there's times when, you know, I, I, I have to, you know, pull that out of the bag. I did that in August a little yeah. bit sometimes, you know, on some of these calls. And, uh, but, you know, you, and then the other part it does is allow you to, to con- continue to relate to some of the young people who are growing up uh, in those environments. Yeah. Gene Smith, thanks again for joining the Tim May podcast. Hope I didn't take too long, but I always enjoy it. And I always have one more question, as you know, but this time, <laughs> this time I'm going to put that, I'm going to put that in the trash can and throw it away. Gene Smith, thank you again, my man. Thank you, Tim. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.